one of the other things that I want you guys to think about when you are building your personal brand is that you should have three to five pillars that you're always going to touch on. This is Oversharing with Mikhail Alphon. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I wanted to ask you a question. Are you looking to launch your own podcast? If you are, you have to check out Mike Me Audio. My podcast would not sound nearly as amazing as it does if it wasn't for their help. And I frequently recommend them to my clients at Blue Light so you know it's legit. They have a full suite of services to help you launch your own show from ear-catching intros, editing services, and they'll even help you publish your finalized episodes. Now, they've worked with shows like Brittany Crystal's Beyond Influential, Libsyn's The Feed, so you know you're in good company. So if you're looking to launch your own podcast, and you know I recommend you should if you're building a personal brand or a business, just mention my name to nick at mikeme.com and you'll get your first episode edited for free. Again, reach out to nick at mikeme.com. That's N-I-C-K at MikeMe.com, and they'll edit your first episode for free when you mention this show. But before I speak too much, let's get on to the podcast. Before we get started, let's give it up for Cassie for putting this together. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, as Cassie mentioned, I, um, we're going to be going over personal branding day. We're going to be touching on three things, which is uh, clarity, consistency, and building a community for yourself, which are the biggest uh, attributes to building a great personal brand, not just on Instagram, but everywhere online. Um, I know I've been able to take a class with Kevin, but is there anybody else I've been able to take a class with? I think I came last, actually I came to your class last Thursday. Yeah, I did. Um, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because I sweat a lot, and if you take a class with me, you really know that. And so if I start doing that today, please don't judge me. <laughs> But that is just the truth. So um, as Cassie said, I am the founder of Blue Light Media. I host a podcast called Oversharing as well. Um, I'm also on the board for OC Tech Happy Hour, which is an entrepreneurs group that gets together every month, focused in Orange County, obviously. And there's a bunch of other things that I like. But uh, what I really wanted to talk about first is why I believe that personal branding is so important. Um, I'm assuming that none of you guys really know me, which is fine, I'm still working on that. But uh, I have this agency that I've been running for the last five years, but I have no prior experience in doing that. And the reason I find personal branding so, so important actually starts from when I was 20 years old when I found out that my identity was stolen. And I didn't find out with an email or like a credit card bill that was like really high or anything like that. I found out because I came home and my apartment was turned upside down. The cops were outside and they had been investigating like my home with my roommate for the last four hours while I was at work. I later found out that my nursing license, because I started off as a nurse, my nursing license was being used to embezzle money. Um, the person that, was, that used that, my nursing license was claiming I was working for different companies, cashing checks with a bank account made in my name. And I was 20 years old, my dad wasn't around, my mom, you know, she came over here from the Philippines, so she didn't really know much about the legal system or anything like that. So I didn't really have much help when I was like, served with lawsuits for half a million dollars when I was 20 years old. Served by the uh, State Board of California, letting them know that they were gonna strip my license. So, long story short, 
I lost my nursing license. And the next two years of my life were kind of weird. My mom and I were on food stamps living in Mission Viejo. We were selling jewelry. I couldn't get a job at Burger King of all things. And I ended up just like cleaning carpets, scrubbing toilets and all that fun stuff to get by. I ended up playing poker full time for a living. I ran some casinos here in Orange County. Not something I'm super proud of, but it's just what I did at that time. Fast forward a little bit, my, uh, my poker coach told me at the time, he's like, look, I don't like this life that you're living. And you can either go back to school or you can get a job. And I didn't want to go back to school. So I got a job at a telemarketing firm which was selling local search engine optimization. So some sort of like digital marketing. And over the, la over the three years that I was working there, um, I was able to watch that company grow from 10 to 100 people, which was amazing. But I realized that that company wasn't really doing anything for their, for their customers. So I said, I want to start a social media marketing company. Um, I knew that it was coming up. It sounded pretty easy at the time. But when my CEO of that company found out about that, he fired me. Then he sued me for six and a half million fucking dollars. I don't have that type of money. Now, what happened over the last 18 months as this, like, as this lawsuit was going, you know, was going on was really just a lot of grinding. I booked my first client at $600 and I did a website, a photo shoot, three months of social media marketing in Yelp for 600 bucks. But I was able to get by. Once the lawsuit was dropped, and thank goodness, like, the, they knew that there was nothing actually going on, it got dropped after 18 really tough months. I thought to myself, I was like, look, I'm going to start promoting myself on Instagram, on Facebook, and do all these things for myself that I'm doing for other people now. And because of that, I was able to book a really a great client called NeoCell just through a personal Facebook page post about a blog that I wrote as five reasons as to why you need an Instagram manager for your business. And that client ended up turning into working with Clorox and five of their brands. But the story really isn't over there yet. That was just my first business, and my partnership at that time went really sour. And unfortunately, it was a friend of mine for like 18 years. And um, we ended up having to part ways. I had to start over again. And why this hurt me so much was because I had just spent the last seven years trying to get to a place where I could make a proper living for myself. And now I feel like I have to start over again. But the good news is I had so much content build up, built up from little blogs, Facebook Lives, my Instagram, whatever else it might be, that the transition was actually seamless. When I told people that I left my company because I had a bad business partnership, they're like, you have a business partner? I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess so, but I don't now. So that's when I started Blue Light and we've been able to take off. We've been able to work through the graces of Matt and uh, Cassie with Grit, which is awesome. And then in addition to that, not only has it helped my business, but it's also helped a lot of the things in my life. I've met some of my best friends through Instagram. In fact, Brie, who uh, Cassie mentioned, like she's one of my best friends now. Met her through Instagram, did a bunch of content together, things like that. But by focusing on the brand and promoting the content that I really believed in and what I was doing with my career allowed me to create a business to where now we employ seven people, including myself. We're working with amazing companies like Grit, but like the Clorox company as well. Uh, UCI is another one of our clients. And we've never spent a dollar on Facebook ads or Instagram ads for the business. It's all been organic and it all funnels through me. And luckily, you know, our work speaks for ourselves now, so we get a lot more referrals that way. But that's how it all started, and that's why I believe that building a personal brand is really important. Now, 
We're gonna talk a lot about Instagram today, but what I wanna hone in on is that it's not just about Instagram. This is actually the blueprint that you can apply to any social media platform. You have to respect the content that's on that platform, but understanding who you're talking to and who you are is immensely important. How to create consistent content is something that's gonna make sure that you're always staying top of mind. And of course, building community is really important. Now, what I wanna to touch on too is a lot of this stuff, and as we start like creating content for ourselves and um, you know, ideating on what we're gonna promote about ourselves, is not about faking it till you make it so that you can grow a brand. It's about sharing what you know so that people will eventually know what you're gonna share. And that's really important because you wanna show up consistently for people. So the first thing that I wanna talk about is, uh, is clarity. And the reason you wanna start with clarity above all else is because if you don't understand who you're talking to, your message is gonna be all over the place, right? And there's a saying that says, uh, if you're trying to talk to everyone, you're talking to nobody at all. So there's a couple things that we do, or that I've done, and a lot of great brands, I mean, have done either on a personal level or for companies. And one of them is understanding who you are first. So one of the things that you can ask yourself is what is your unique value proposition? Sure, everybody here is an instructor at GRIT, but do you own a uh, vegan meal dis delivery service? Are you also a DJ on the side? Are you still going through school? Things like that. Understanding who you are and creating a specific niche for yourself is gonna be essential to growing your brand. It doesn't always have to be about business. And I get this question all the time. They're saying like, hey look, like, I'm really interested in the New York Giants and Grit Cycle. Can I do both? It's like, yes. And the reason that you wanna do both is because um, the personal aspects about your life and those things that make you unique, it can be something like the New York Giants, Star Wars, or it can be something like a gluten intolerance, whatever it might be, is what's gonna make you approachable to people. Sales always start with, we have something in common. It never starts with buy my shit. And if you're able to relate to the people that you're talking to, and if you understand yourself first, you're gonna have a lot easier time uh, building a community for yourself. Now, one of the other things that I want you guys to think about when you are building your personal brand is that you should have three to five pillars that you're always gonna touch on. So for me, it's marketing, movement, and motivation. If anybody follows me on Instagram, it's Instagram quotes, uh, things like that. But I'm always reverting to those three things as I continue posting. And the reason you wanna pick those pillars is because you want to, you want to let your audience know that, you can, that they can expect you to show up for a specific reason. Some people might follow Gary Vaynerchuk. There's like three things that he talks about. It's marketing, it's motivation, and it's self-awareness, let's say, right? You, same thing happens with Eric Thomas, Tony Robbins, Mel Robbins. All of these people have three specific pillars that they continually talk about, and those three pillars help them create smaller pieces of content where they can dive into more details on. So pick those three pillars for yourself. The next thing I wanna talk about is identifying exactly who you're talking to. So, uh, at Blue Light, one of the things that we do is we actually name our ideal uh, our, our ideal customer. So when we were working with NeoCell, we named this person Dominique. And we asked questions as we were building out this customer persona. We asked questions like, what kind of podcast does she listen to? Are there other influencers that she, that she follows? What magazines does she read? What brands does she wear? And the reason that was important is because as we were creating our content, we could always ask ourselves, would Dominique even like this? We knew that like, 
we knew that if she followed, let's say, Jasmine Starr, that she resonated with that type of uh, with that type of aesthetic on an Instagram page. So we can now replicate that onto ours. And the more that we were able to dive into exactly who this person was, not only did it make our message clearer, but it made creating content a lot clearer too. So try to name that person. I know that it sounds kind of silly, and you can even take it a step further if you really wanted to and ask yourself, does that person's boyfriend or girlfriend, are they going to be interested in this as well? Because a lot of times we're sharing our Instagram with our significant other and like, check this out. And will they like that? But understanding exactly who you're talking to is insanely important. And uh, just so you guys know too, there's gonna be a lot of information that we're gonna go through today. I have a ton of resources for you after this that you can download that digs really deep into who you are, who your, customer, uh, who your ideal customer is, and so forth. Thirdly, when we're creating clarity for ourselves, I wanna, this is a little maybe advanced, but think about what your uh, brand archetype is. So a brand archetype is really what categories do they fall under? Is it a lover? Is it a creator? Isn't it an explorer? Things like that. Are they the jester? And some examples of this could be the lover, for example. I personally see Anne Hathaway as, an, as a lover. She's very kind. She has that, that soft feature to herself. The jester is almost really obvious. It could be somebody like Melissa McCarthy. And I see the sage, the all-knowing, the all-wise as Morgan Freeman. And I know this sounds kind of silly, but when you really kind of like adapt yourself uh, into one of these archetypes, you now know what your brand voice is going to be like. You know that it's more appropriate to tell a certain type of joke. You understand that people are looking to me and what I want to build myself up as is the creator. I want to be innovative, things like that. So understanding what your brand archetype is, and again, I, I have something that will help you uh, figure this out for yourself as well. Understanding what your brand archetype is is something that's really going to help you shape your brand voice. I think um, something that is also important is to be consistent, right? Um, I went through a lot of your guys' Instagrams before you came in, and I noticed that some of you are posting maybe once every two weeks and then wondering why you're not growing your brand. Uh, consistency is absolutely key. So I put together a quick strategy for you guys that's manageable. And one of those things is just posting three to five times per week on your main feed. Ideally, you want to be posting like three or four or five, three, four or five times a day, but that's kind of outlandish and it's not something that's sustainable. Um, but in addition to posting three to five times per week, try posting in the morning. Seven to nine works really well. We've also found that in the evening works really well too. But if you're anything like me, you're sitting on the toilet first thing in the morning, going through Twitter, going through Instagram, and seeing what you're going to engage with that day. Three to five Instagram stories per day. Now, this one I get a lot of questions about um, because everybody wants to share their story more often. But 78% of people actually are swiping out of Instagram stories that have more than seven bars at the top. You know what I'm talking about when I see that? So they're actually swiping out. So if you want to tell your story, be concise about it. Um, practice talking for only 15 seconds, or you can chop up your one and a half minute videos into four or five, right? Um, using 20 to 30 in, uh, industry-specific hashtags is really important as well. Um, I noticed that when I was going through the, uh, when I was going through a lot of your hashtags, um, we were using branded ones, things that aren't actually going to be searchable 
The key with hashtags is to find search terms that people would actually be looking up. So leg workouts is something that's important. Morning, morning workouts is another one that can help you grow a lot too because people are actually following these hashtags. It's not just a way to brand yourself. Use one or two of these. We have a bunch of ideas right here. But it's actually a way to be, uh, to be, to be found by people who don't already follow you. And then tag a location every time. I have a question about that bullet. Do you think it really is better to do it as the first comment or people put it in the caption? They perform the same. Okay. They perfor perform the same. Aesthetically, like, aesthetically, it's cool to put it in the first comment. Yeah. 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 So, um, so here's your gen general strategy. Now, as you're posting content, what I want you guys to remember, too, is that every single thing that you post is a reflection of your brand and the people around you. So when you are posting, be conscious of who your friends are when you're with that, because you don't want to give them a bad look, or you want to pump them up. If you're anything like me, I love pumping up my friends. Same thing with your business as well, uh, or the brand that you're working with. In this case, it's, it's grit. So understand that every time you post something, it actually impacts not only how you look, but how your workplace looks and how your friends look. It's just the bottom line. One thing that I would really recommend to you guys too is to be the guide. The most amazing stories always have a guide. Luke Skywalker had Yoda. I'm a big Star Wars fan if you can't tell. What the guide is, is it's the person that makes the main character the hero. The main character in your story is your followers, your audience. Make them the hero. And the way that you can do this is you can empower them to be better writers. Tell them, give them your hacks on doing, you know, doing a run with a motorcycle, because a lot of people struggle with that, myself in general. Uh, like, you know, tell them how they can do something like that better. Tell them what their post-workout supplements should be, if you believe in supplements, things like that. But empowering your people, coming from a place of wanting to offer them value and educating them is something that's going to keep them coming back. With that being said, I've noticed that there's a lot of Instagram posts that don't really care about the captions. But the captions is what's actually going to send you apart because there's a thousand other people just like you who can take a really pretty picture, throw up on Visco, and have the exact same filter as you do, right? But the captions are where you get to define yourself as an individual and where you can set yourself apart. What I would recommend is doing a long-form caption at least two or three times a week where you're really diving into why you're passionate about the work that you do where you're really diving into the other interests in, in your life and really coming from a place of educate, educating your, uh, your audience. In addition to that, long-form captions actually perform much better because people are, staying on your, uh, people are staying on your post for a lot longer, and it helps boost you up in the Instagram feed as well. So consider using those. Let's dive a little bit more into hashtags. So when we're choosing hashtags, one of the main things that I want to point out is you want to be choosing hashtags that have between 50,000 and 250,000 uh, posts associated with that. And the reason I say 50 to 250,000 is because it gives you a good chance to actually be discovered in that category. Has anybody here actually searched a hashtag before? Probably everybody, cool. So you'll notice that a big list like this comes up. You'll see some with a couple million. Um, you'll see some with only 21,000, things like that. Pick those. Uh, what I would say is anything that has 500,000 plus, use those sparingly. And the reason being is because that means there's frequently people that are posting to this, to this hashtag and your content might get lost there. So don't inundate it with that. Being a local business and being, or you know, if you're trying to grow your brand locally, it's going to be a little tough. I looked up, I, you know, I use Newport Beach, Irvine, things like that. There are a lot of people that are using those. 
But um, either way, put those, put those in, but use them sparingly. Find the ones that only have 50 to 250,000 posts between them if you can. And then lastly, believe it or not, it actually matters if your post matches your hashtags. So if I'm posting about grit, but then I put New York Giants in the hashtags, I won't index well. And when I say index, I mean I won't show up in these feeds. Um, this can lead to low engagement, low discoverability, things like that. So you want to make sure that your hashtags actually match your posts. I went through, you guys are actually posting a ton of great content, which is awesome as it is. And there's something I want to point out here. Well, for one, is, uh, is Shannon in here? I love this picture. It's something, you know, it's branded really well. Um, it's branded really well. It makes you stop because you're not, you know, on the bike in a normal way. These videos are amazing. The only thing I would say here is to add, um, to add some context to what I'm looking at. I didn't really see a long post there. And then thirdly, the, the quotes are something that gets shared often. If we can increase shareability, we'll increase visibility as well. And the thing is with posts like this, images of just an individual person, if you're not tagging anybody, it's less likely that it's gonna get shared. If you can incorporate a quote, that'd be awesome, but if it's not something you wanna do, then don't do it, it's perfectly fine. But what is important is you find a format of content that actually works for you. For me, literally the data shows that people don't like photos of my face. That sucks. My mom told me I was the most handsome of my one brother, but apparently Instagram doesn't think so. Um, but the quotes go, the quotes do really well. Now, jokes aside, I actually built my, uh, I built my account by, based off of quotes. But the reason that I started doing quotes instead of just pictures of myself is because I could not post every day taking photos of myself. One, I didn't like the look. That's just my own insecurities. But for two, it was really difficult for me to, you know, set up a photo shoot, brand it, edit it, make sure that like they got this side of my face because it's way better than this side of the face, the whole thing. So I just stuck to quotes and I put uh, photos of myself and somebody else less frequently. The other thing about creating content, and as I mentioned before, we are really talking about, we're doing a lot of Instagram here, but I want to talk about the other platforms briefly. This type of stuff isn't going to work everywhere. You have to understand the context of the platform that you're actually working with. LinkedIn, for example, if we can spin this into, no pun intended, if we can spin this into a business-related uh, post, that's gonna work really well. Something along the lines of, did you know that five out of, or, did you know that nine out of 10 millionaires have a morning workout routine? Here's mine. You know what I mean? That's gonna resonate a lot better on LinkedIn than something like this. So as you're creating content for different platforms, because you should, make sure that, um, make sure that you're understanding the context and talking to the people that are on there. A couple stats and facts, this guy's mind is blown, which is awesome. Posts with the, uh, with the location will receive up to 79% more engagement. Uh, posts with faces actually work a lot better than posts that don't, unless it's my face. <laughs> And if you can tag somebody else in your post, that's gonna perform a lot better too. But these stats and facts are gonna be provided with you as well, uh, for you as well, so I don't wanna uh, go too far into these. Now, developing your community is, uh, de developing your community, go ahead. Question. Yeah. For location, is it better to post your location as Grid Cycle or Huntington Beach? Uh, I would 
mix up both. I like the idea of posting for Grit Cycle if you want to promote that, but Huntington Beach is going to get a little, like more people are searching for that, right? So I always err on the side of what am I trying to be found for um, and go that route. And then also where do I want to be found? So you'll notice on mine, like I'm based in Costa Mesa. I also have like, uh, my office has like a tag as well, but I always use Costa Mesa because I doubt anybody's actually looking for blue light media yet. Um, building your community. You don't need 10,000 followers. You don't need 100,000 followers or anything like that. I was able to build my business with less than 10,000 followers, less than 5,000 followers, but really what it was based on was just going really deep into the engagement with each person. There are some crazy things that I do to make sure that I stay in touch with everyone, and one of them is commenting back to every single comment that comes in, even if it doesn't have a lot of context. Uh, like, the comment doesn't have a lot of context to the post. I'll at least throw back an emoji or something like that. This does two things. It reminds the person, it's like a little wink, that you're actually there and you're paying attention to what they're doing. But the more comments that a post has, the better it's going to come up in the feeds as well. So in addition to this being completely about uh, branding and building your, building your Instagram or whatever it might be, this is also a lot of best practices that'll help you come up more often in feeds. The other thing that you can do to start reaching out to people that aren't already in your network is search the hashtags yourself and connect, connect with those people. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of time, but it's interesting what happens just after like four or five times a day when you go out to some random person and really leave a meaningful comment on their posts. And one of the more strange things that, I, does anybody else like look at who's viewing their stories other than me? Just you? Okay, good. I'm not the only one. <laughs> I'll go to the very last story of the day and I'll look for two things. One, I'm looking to see if there's anybody new that's looking at the stories that I don't already follow and I kind of already know who I'm always engaging, engaging with. I'll tap in on their post and I'll start talking to them. I'll either send them a direct message or something like that just saying thank you. And the second thing I do is I actually will go through and see if there's somebody that's already following me that I already know that I haven't talked to in a long time. If you haven't noticed, your Instagram feed has uh, changed, to say the least. Sometimes you're not seeing some of your best friend's posts, and that can cause some conflict. I actually recently had a, a tiff with a friend who was upset that I wasn't liking her posts, but straight up they weren't coming up. This actually helps that. So when you start commenting on other people's posts, direct messaging them and liking them, if they're not already coming up in your feed, you will more often come up in their feeds thus increasing your engagement. So those are some great ways to kind of manage your community. And the other thing I would say is this. You guys are about sharing, I hope. And man, if like, I would go into whoever you're following here and just uh, like within the Grit community, and when they post something with their writers, I would just go in and start having conversations in their comments as well. I don't see any hurt in it, I mean, like, People will like more than one instructor, <laughs> I like to think. But sharing, sharing each other's audiences is a really great way to start building your own. Um, Brie and I have done that a lot. I do that with a lot of people. There's, you know, Cassie and I have done some con content together too. And you'll see that overlap. And you offer something a little bit different than the next person. So don't be afraid to gain them as a follower. Follower users of local competitors, that's a big one too. There's some studios around here. I think Bike to the Beat is around here. Um, there's, there's some crappy ones down south I noticed too. But going in with those people and looking at their followers 
and uh, engaging with them is a great way to get them onto your feed, especially if you're posting content about spin. The great thing and what, I th what I've told Matt and Cassie a couple times now is that the branding here is absolutely incredible. There's no other studio I think that has better branding than you guys. You guys create the best user-generated content out of any of the studios out here. So what's awesome about that is if somebody looks at your feed, even if they never read a comment and they didn't find you by a hashtag, they already think it's a better place to be. And that's something that I've gotten to experience. So take advantage of that because there aren't a lot of places that uh, focus on the internal and external branding as much as Grit does. <clears throat> All right, this is the part where we get to take a look at our own Instagrams. We developed the Heartline assessment. It's nothing too crazy. It's not proprietary or anything like that. I like to think I made it up. But the Heartline assessment is something that we do when we take on a new client and we see what their Instagram health is like. So what I'd like you guys to do is take out your phones just for a little bit. And we're going to go through this Heartline assessment together. <clears throat> it's a rating system. It's a rating system to see how well you're doing on Instagram and if you're being consistent. So the first thing, does everybody have their own profiles out? Cool. The first thing, does your bio clearly describe what you do and who you are? If it's yes, give yourself a one. All of these are going to be ones. Give yourself a point. Have you taken advantage of your Instagram stories highlights? Everybody knows what highlights are here, right? Cool. If you have, give yourself a one. If you haven't, you get no points for that one. Are you posting at least three to five times per week? I'll give you a moment to check that out. If you have, give yourself a one. If you haven't, you get no points. Are you using 20 to 30 rotated hashtags? And I'll give you a break on the rotated. But are you, giving, uh, are you using 20 to 30 hashtags per post? If you have, give yourself a one. Are you tagging a location in every single post? If you have, give yourself a one. Are you responding to every single comment, even from the people that you don't know? If you have, give yourself a one. Have you posted to your IG stories within the last 24 hours? This one's important too. A lot of people are searching Instagram or going through Instagram stories more than the feed. And if you have, give yourself a one. Is there a video in your last 12 posts of your feed? This is one that I lost out on, so nobody's perfect. Are you mixing up a good blend of lifestyle and personal content as well as work content? Again, remember, it's important to post the personal stuff because that's what makes you relatable. If you have, give yourself a one. And then finally, do you have at least one long form caption in the last six posts? Everybody got it? I'm going to pick on a couple of you. Kevin, since I know your name. <laughs> what was your score? Seven? That's pretty good. I think I got, my, I got an eight, so I'm not perfect. Can I have your name again? I'm sorry. Chelsea, Chelsea what was your score? Six. Six. It's not bad. Hannah? Yeah. I'm bad with names, I apologize. Eight. I actually know that you got an eight. That's awesome. Cool. So this is something that you can do on a weekly basis by yourself if you want, or you can never, ever do it again. But this is exactly what we go through with all of our partners, and we actually did like 20 shows on, the, on one of the video podcasts that we do just doing the Heartline Assessment. Um, and this is really just going to keep you in line with, uh, with staying consistent and making sure that you are taking advantage of the best practices that we're going over today. I also took the liberty of, this is just connecting, so I apologize. 
I took the liberty of going through a couple of your Instagram pages and doing the assessment myself, and I wanted to give you guys a little feedback as well. Um, is Sweat Love Cycle here? <laughs> Fuck yeah, what's up? I think you did a great job. I was going through it, I was super pumped. You have a great balance, I put it out here, you, did, you had a great balance of personal and work-related content, which I think was great. Your photos are awesome. Um, I do think that, and this is something that's kind of across the board, I do think that you can benefit from some educational content. That's what's gonna get people to really like dive into exactly who you are, ask you questions, and when they start asking questions, it's a great place to be like, come into my next class and I'll show you exactly how to do it. I think we're, that's a, that's a huge conversation to have, but like two things, one, understanding who you are and what you are good at. So it sounds like you know what you're good at and understanding what your audience cares about. And one thing is this, like, if you're good at it and you continue to put out the content and educate people, you're, you're gonna find out really quickly if your audience cares about that. You might, and if somebody doesn't like it, it's not like you're getting an unfollow, they'll swipe through real quick or whatever it is. But I guarantee you, you start putting that stuff out, you'll get a lot more engagement and you'll get more people, you'll get more people to ask you questions and that's a great place to start building your class or whatever else you wanna build. My whole Instagram is built off of just quotes, so that was a weird barrier for me too. <laughs> a Brooks 99, are you here? She's not here. She's not here. Okay. So we went through this. Uh, I went through this one. Unfortunately, she scored a one out of ten. But you can see right here, not really taking advantage of the Instagram stories. Can't really understand who she is, anything like that. Not posting very frequently. Um, but just share your stories. Use hashtags. Like this is something that everybody can really learn from. Is use the 20 to 30 hashtags. If you don't. And to make that easier for you guys, I have them all cut and pasted by day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Actually, I don't post on Sundays, but to Saturday. And I just cut and paste them. It makes it super easy. And they are rotated. Um, and then incorporate videos into your posts. When you say rotating, do you mean rotating by the day or every Monday is a different set? What's your, what do you mean by rotating? Rotating by the day is fine. Every one to three posts to, to rotate it is good. You don't have to do like every Monday is different. Sometimes I change it up, but I'm always testing. And what we're going to go through uh, before we get into Q&A also, and I apologize again, this is just loading, is how to analyze your results. So we have one more once this connects. Does it have to be like, say you do like a multiple feed or like say you start off with a photo and then a video, does that count? I would say that the video on the front. So yeah, even though, even though um, people are engaging more with photos, videos are actually what's going to help you come up in the discover function, right? If you notice, there's a lot of videos that are coming up there. And they're, they're trying to promote it a lot more, too. Is Kelly here? All right. I think Kelly did a really good job, too. There's so much energy. Uh, there's so much energy in every single one of her posts. Again, with Kelly, it was about using long-form captions. The thing that I really wanted to point out um, when Kelly does see this is to use uh, searchable hashtags. There was a lot of, like, there was a lot of useless hashtags, to be frank. Um, you know, you don't want to use up that real estate. Nobody's looking those up. It's fun to kind of like, it's fun to put your personality into them. But if you're looking to grow and if you're looking to be found by more people, use things that people are actually going to search for. 
So this was actually a pretty cool uh, platform. The other thing that I wanted to point out here too is some of you guys might have other jobs. You might be a student or you might be interested in different things. Uh, Kelly's also an uh, XXX climb instructor. She has that up here. She's uh, promoting both. Um, I don't know how her classes are, but it's just really easy to see that you can really incorporate more than one interest into your uh, Instagram profile. So now that we've covered clarifying who you are and who you're talking to, posting consistently, and then also building your community, measuring success is also going to be re uh, really important. By a show of hands, who has a business profile on their Instagram? Okay. So if you don't have a business profile on your Instagram, this part you won't really be able to use as much. You're going to have to base it off of comments. You're going to have to base it off of likes to see what your improvement is. And in addition to that, you're also just going to have to kind of you know, see if you're gaining more followers, that sort of thing. So if you do have a business account, what's really awesome, and if you're crazy like I am, you can measure a lot of different data points and see how well your content is actually performing. You can see how many followers you're losing per day. You can see how many you're gaining. You can actually also see where your followers are, what their age ranges is, if you're male, female, skewed, things like that. So it makes it really easy to understand more about who you're talking to. And as you are building out your customer personas, just check this out first and see who you're already resonating with. So th there's a lot of things that you can do here. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to point out too is we're not just talking about uh, likes and we're not just talking about comments. If you have a business uh, account, and I haven't had a personal account for a really long time, on personal accounts, can you see how often somebody has shared your stuff? Damn it, because that one's really heavy. On your, uh, on your business account, you can see how many people have shared your content and saved your content. I personally believe in impact over impressions, meaning that you want to see how well people are actually resonating with your content and not necessarily how many likes you're getting. Because 70% of people are actually just liking posts because it's their friend and they don't actually care what's going on. But when I see that something's been shared 90 times and saved 190 times, I think I'm actually onto something. Now, we talked a lot about hashtags. And so in your insights, and you can access this by just swiping up on one of your posts if you have a business profile, you can actually scroll down and you can see how many people you're reaching from your hashtags specifically. And if you're choosing the right hashtags, you'll notice that that number is actually can be astronomical, right? So like I don't have 31,000 uh, followers, but my posts had, had actually reached that many people just from the hashtags that I have selected. So it's a great indicator that the content is performing well in addition to the hashtags that I'm searching for. And then here too, you can see, you know, everybody varies. I know that we talked about Monday through Friday. People don't really engage on the weekends, but we kind of talked about posting in the morning. That might not be reasonable for everybody, but you can also see here when people are actually engaging with your posts the most. But right here, the insights, the shares, I find these to be some of the most important ones, um, especially the shares, because of course, this is going out to everybody who follows you. If they're sharing your post, um, you know, their followers see it. So that helps quite a bit. The saves is so big, dude. I promise you, when you start posting about the food that you're eating and coming from a place of education, recipes, things like that, um, you know, how to spin better, other workouts that you're doing, your five tips on getting six-pack abs, which I would love if you have those, um, you're going to see your saves go up. And it's a really great... <laughs> I would love the tips on how to get six-pack abs. <laughs> 
Um, but when you see that, it's great, dude. Like, look, you can get all the followers you want. You can fill your classes and all of that. But when you can really impact somebody's life, that's really, really cool. And you don't need, like I said, you don't need 10,000 followers to do something like that. So post something of substance. I have a challenge for you guys. Um, I'm going to call this the Gritty Gang Challenge. And what I'd like you guys to do after today is I'd love for you to post five times in one week following the Heartline assessment. So that's the first thing. And you, that means that you have to do one video. And we'll count a boomerang just for you. And <laughs> in the fifth post of that week, let me know that you've completed it. <laughs> let me know that you completed it by tagging me in the post. And then, third, and then when you guys do that, I'll come to your class and I'll bring a friend. I'll try to make sure that they're a new friend that's not already coming here. And that'll be a great opportunity for you to introduce yourself and hopefully get a new writer in. Um, I love taking classes with you guys. I'd love to take more of them, but, and I think this will do it. There's a lot of people in this class, so this could hurt, but it'll be fine. So lastly, as I mentioned before, this isn't just about Instagram. This is just a blueprint for one platform, but honestly, you can, you can really brand yourself everywhere. Myself, not to brag, but it's like, I have a website, I have a podcast, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Snapchat, I'm on TikTok posting content there, which is kind of weird because it's a lot of 12 year olds. However, <laughs> with that being said, there's also a lot of 16 and 17 year olds who are making the decision as to where they want to, where they want to work out next. They're making their own purchasing decisions. They don't have a car, they're taking an Uber and that could be your next customer. And you might think that on LinkedIn, you know, what are all these business people? What are they going to care about my, my indoor cycling class? But the fact of the matter is, you can also get in touch with the HR, the person head of HR at any company, and set up a group class for these people too. So posting that type of content, if it's educational and it fits the context of that platform, is really going to help you out. And I promise you this, I told you a story about um, kind of the things that I had to go through when I was building out my career. And one of the things that really sucked was that when you Googled my name, all those lawsuits came up. And it hurt. It was, it was, I couldn't get through a background check at Burger King. And today, because I've built out so much content and I've been able to be featured on podcasts, blogs, whatever it might be, wherever you search, it's just positive things, which is great. And that's something that you can do on your own. You don't need anybody else to do it. So brand yourself and remember that if you don't tell your story, somebody else is going to tell it for you. And that's all I got for you guys. <laughs>